Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. This is a very powerful verse that God gave to us, gave to us a few years ago about a season of a, a blessing and uh, wearing that coat. How many remember that? And about abundance. Our evangelist preached to us the word of the Lord and we received it and God has blessed us. Deuteronomy 28 says, and it shall come to pass. Somebody say, it shall come to pass. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Did you hear that? You got to hearken, listen unto the voice, pay attention to the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and what? Somebody say overtake. It's gonna, I'm just gonna be blessed. Some of you feel like curses have overtaken you. That's also in this chapter. But God wants to bring a blessing that overtakes us, like, like a big wave coming off of the ocean. It's gonna, it's gonna bless me and everything near me. How many believe the blessing can happen that way? Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to overtake you with a blessing. Amen. And it says, overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Verse six says, blessed shalt be thou be when thou comest in and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Somebody say, amen. amen. Verse 12 says, the Lord shall open unto thee or you his good treasure. I'm talking about the king of glory. Say, I've got something to show you. I've got something to give you. Somebody shout the good treasure. He said the heaven to give the rain unto the land in his season and to bless all the work of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that, if that thou hearken to the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Amen. He said, obey the commandment of the Lord and to hearken unto his voice and I will bless you. Everybody say obey the word of the Lord and hearken unto his voice. Clap your hands and thank God for his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Amen. I would like to talk to you about listening and hearing or hearing the voice of the Lord. Growing up in church, it was not uncommon for someone to say that God said to me, or I heard from the Lord this week. 
that was not an uncommon statement and should not be an uncommon statement. I do believe that we can hear from God. Can you say amen? I was at a meeting this weekend. I walked up to a lady that came to church. Her life seemingly was broken. I preached the word of the Lord and she come to the altar. Her boyfriend, who had been backslidden for 12 years, repented and gave his life back to God. I think we ought to thank God for that. Been away from the Lord for a long time. And she came and stood beside him as he is telling me his story. She said, she said, unlike him, I was never in church. All my life, from the moment I was little, my life has been troubled and troubled. She said, I've never known church. She said, None she said I've just had one chaotic thing after another all of my life. She said, but today I'm convinced that there's a God. She said, because somebody came and leaned in my ear and prayed for me and told me things that no one ever knew. She said, and I know that there's a God because how would they tell me? Come to find out, she had said before she come to church that I asked God, if you're real, let somebody come and give me a word about something that nobody else knows about. That's powerful. That's the church. That's a word of knowledge. Can you say amen? And so the old song says, I went to church one night. My heart wasn't right, but something got a hold of me. Amen. Jesus said in John, John chapter 3, he said it's like the wind. How do you know that he's real? You've never seen the wind, but we all believe in the wind. Why? We can feel it. We can see the effects of it, and we can hear it. We know God is in this building because already we have felt him and how many are thankful for the presence of Almighty God. Amen. It's the soothing of the soul. To say I've heard the voice of God, you will find that here he talks about the commandments of the Lord or the written word of God. He gave Moses in the mountain the law. He was written, wrote it down in stone, the unchanging law of God. You have the law of God, which is known as the commandments of God. We also call it the word of God. You also, though, have the hearkening of the voice of God. So you have the law of God or the word of God, but then he said, I want you to obey my commandments or obey my word. Somebody say the written word. But then you have the voice of the Lord. That means not only do I have his word that is for us, that speaks into our lives, the word of God speaks into your life, but you also have the voice of God. You'll find in 2 Kings chapter 7, you can turn there if you have your Bibles with you. It had been a great drought. There had been a seven-year drought. People had moved and evacuated the area because the, 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 the ground's not producing. There's no water. You'll find one lady that had the boy that had said, my head, my head, and he was... He, he had died and the prophet prayed for him and he was restored. You'll find she left her house for seven years because of the drought that came in that area. But it says in 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 1, it says, then Elisha, who was Elisha? He was a man of God. He was a prophet of the Lord. He said, hear ye the word of the Lord. He wasn't reading the Bible. He was having a right now word from God. Are y'all hearing me? So you got the written word of the Lord. You, you've got those books of the Bible. But then you hear a preacher says, hear ye, what? The word of the Lord. 
Thus saith the Lord. Can I tell you right now, we're not just reading his word and it's speaking to us. We still get a fresh word from the Lord. How many know God is still speaking? Can somebody say amen? Let me clarify for a minute. We have the written word of God. Then we have the voice of God. The voice of God will never oppose the written word of God. If somebody comes to you and says, thus saith the Lord, and it doesn't match, and they tell you to do something that is not biblical, it's not moral, it's not biblically right, they're a false prophet, they are a false teacher, amen. God's word will always be in alignment, or his voice will always be in alignment with his word. Somebody say amen. The Bible tells us in the book of Jeremiah, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish this here, but Jeremiah talks about men that said the Lord said, but God didn't say. They prophesy out of their own spirit. They want you to look at them instead of look at him. If you say God said to me, or you tell somebody the Lord would have me to say to you, you better make sure it's the word of the Lord. Don't. You ever heard somebody say that somebody prophesied instead of prophesied? We don't need somebody saying God said unless God really did say. But I'm glad to tell you he's still saying He's still speaking. The, the prophet said, Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus, everybody say, thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. He said, a miracle is going to take place. This whole drought situation is about to turn around. He was speaking the blessing, but because people had been in drought so long, Life had been terrible for so long. Watch what it says in verse two. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God. Watch it, it's talking about a leader in the community. He, he um, then a Lord in whose hand the king leaned on. This is a, a governmental leader that the king had depended upon his leadership. He answered the man of God or he answered Elisha and said, behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be question mark? He questioned the voice of the Lord. Can this be done? I don't see it happening. Get up there and talk about God's gonna bless my life. God's gonna bring me out of this. Something better's gonna happen in my life. And you question that? Look what it says. And he said, behold, the prophet said, Thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. Could I tell you, no matter what you've been through, no matter seven years of drought, you've had chaos from the moment you was that big until now, when God's voice speaks, you shouldn't question it. You should say, amen, let it happen to me. God's able to do anything. Come on, I feel that tonight. You can't let the chaos of a drought, the chaos of abuse, the chaos of regret, the chaos of mistakes you made, say that God can't bless me. If the man of God said God wants to bless me, I say let him bless me. I want this thing to turn around. I want God's hand to be upon me. Somebody shout amen. And so that's why the Bible says that the promises of the Lord, somebody shout the promises of God, are yea and amen. So the promise of God is compared to the yea. 
That is the prophecy. That is the, the prophet. That's the man of God or the evangelist or the teacher or the pastor or the apostle. Somebody that is speaking what God would want to say to your life. Why? Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. You better be careful tonight to listen to the wrong voices that speak doom and gloom, that say you came from a monkey instead of come from the original design of God, that says you have no purpose and you have no destiny. You have no reason for existence. Can I tell you tonight that you are valuable to God? I don't care what you've been through, what people did to you. God's hand is upon your life. His hand is upon you. Somebody shout, the hand of the Lord is on my life. God didn't hurt you. People hurt you. People go on the lying and saying things that you'll never amount to anything. You'll never be, you're just a nobody. Listen, you don't have to listen to those things. Somebody say amen. And the Bible says that the prophet told him The prophet told him, he said, you're gonna see it with your eyes, but you won't ever taste of it. Why? Because you didn't didn't believe the voice of the Lord. And that's exactly what happened. The next day, like you said, when he prophesied it, that's exactly what was said. The Bible says everybody came run to see it. And that man saw it and was trampled over by the crowd. Never tasted of it. Why? Because he couldn't believe the voice of the Lord. I would rather be gullible about the things of God than skeptical about everything. I'm gonna say it again, I'd rather be gullible. He can do anything. Can I tell you tonight, he created the heaven and the earth within six days. He can do anything. He can turn your situation around tonight. He can turn every chaotic thing around tonight. He can change it all tonight. He can, he can, he can. Amen. Amen. I, I'm going to be preaching to McConnellsville on Sunday, but there's been a, 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 a stirring. I'm going to talk about some things Sunday at the church there. I feel like God's put in my spirit. This past week, I was preaching an old message that God gave me. It was many, many years ago. I, was, I got up from prayer, and I'm preaching now. I need to plan on teaching about hearing the voice of God, but, but let me teach by example here. I, I, I've learned to hear the voice of God. You know how I've learned to hear the voice of God? By staying in the word of God. So when I'd get up and pray and I'd block time for prayer that nothing else would interrupt that time from the moment I was a teenager. And at night I read my Bible almost every night since I was been eight. I don't say that boastfully. I'm just saying that it is, I put the word of God in my heart. The Bible says I've hid that word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Detour from, you've got to get the word in. That's why you go to church so you can hear the word of God. And sometimes when you're hearing the word of God, you can hear through your pastor or the minister, the voice of God that applies now. So everybody say, pray the word. And you know, I, I, don't, I don't pray like I preach. I actually preach like I pray. That's true. That's why I walk around when I'm preaching. Because I, I'll, I'll walk and pray. And I'll go up and down the aisles and, and I'll pray and, and I'll walk back and forth praying, seeking God. And sometimes I'm just trying to get my mind on the Lord because my mind's on everything. I got little kids and I got things to do tomorrow. Uh, I, I know all of you are perfect in all your ways, but since I'm from West Virginia, I've got to work through some things. Y'all know it's not true. Sometimes we pray, we feel like we're talking to that wall instead of God. How many of you ever feel like you, your prayer never got to the ceiling? Anybody ever prayed that way? What do you do in that moment? Keep on praying. 
because the carnal mind is enmity of God and sometimes our minds on everything but God get our feelings hurt, go work through emotions and issues and a lack of sleep and busy schedules. And I've learned, everybody hold up two fingers, God doesn't speak to a, a, a busy mind or a weary mind. He expects to be prioritized instead of being the leftover. Early will I seek thee. And I've learned that if I'll pray in the mornings, I can get a hold of God. Sometimes if I don't, I end up not praying. Can y'all relate with that? And so I've learned to try to get my mind alert by meditating. And sometimes I'll come in and the fastest way to get in is to just be thankful. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. And start going, God, I thank you, Lord, that when I was five months old, you healed me of my crooked feet. Somebody today going down the road and they were trying to get down and this is how they were walking. And I told a couple men in the car, truck with me, headed to McConnellsville. I said, see it, God, that'd have been me if God hadn't healed me. He couldn't hardly get down the street because his legs were twisted, feet were twisted. That's how he was going. And I'm not making fun of him, but God healed me of that on a Wednesday night Bible study, and I'm grateful, amen. And I'm thankful for what he's done for my life. I really am. I'm thankful for what he's done for me. And I'll thank him. I'll say, God, I thank you for two straight feet I can stand on. I thank you for hands I can lift up in the air. Thank you for eyes that can see and ears that hear. Thank you, God, for, for, God, I thank you for a heart that beats and lungs that breathe, God. I just want to tell you I'm thankful for my wife and my children. Once you start getting grateful, something starts moving. Then I, I feel his presence come. Then I say, oh, God, I'm a sinner. I, oh, Lord, is there anything? I'm not perfect because I'm Aaron. I'm not perfect because I'm human. Is there anything in me? Search me. And I'll pray that way. And after I've repented and I've laid some things at the altar, my attitude, and my, 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 my weaknesses, my humanity. Are y'all with me tonight? I'll come back and I'll start making petitions. I'll start work. God, you're exactly what I need. You're exactly what the church needs. Lord, you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're wonderful and you're mighty. I'll start worshiping him. Before it's over with, I'll enter into a place and then I'll start asking him for things. Lord, I ask you to touch my family. Touch the church and I'll call your names out individually day, day out and day in. I'll begin to pray for the saints of God. Some of those moments, all of a sudden, I step out of my mind, out of my, out of my thought processes, my, the way I see things and I start feeling the way he feels, seeing what he sees and hearing what he hears. You can feel it happen. There's something bigger than me. There's something greater than me. I'm not just methodically going through a routine, checking off the box so I can start my day and get blessed. Oh, no. I, I'm not praying just to the Lord. What happens is I start my day. Ready? After I pray, come on. I start walking with the Lord. So I'm not going my day by myself. I'm going with God with me. Some of you do things for God, and you've never learned to walk with God. You go to church and never have a relationship. You pray, but you never get into a place where you feel God walking with you. The Bible says Enoch was translation, translated because he walked with God. Everybody say he walked with God. I'm not talking about just church goers. I'm talking about hearkening to the voice of the Lord, learning the voice of God. You can do it. How? Not just by hearing the preacher. Not just by reading the Bible. 
but praying until you feel his presence. I don't want one church service here where we can't feel the presence of God. I hope you and everybody else that walks in here can feel the glory, can feel the presence. I don't want to preach without him. I don't want to teach without him. I don't want to walk without him. With the Lord. And one of those days in what I've learned, what I've learned by the sign is I start feeling the nudge of his spirit. I've only heard the audible voice of God one time. How I have learned the voice of God though, I have learned the voice of God and how he leads me. He walks with me and he talks with me, the song would say. That should not be uncommon with us. But you pray until you get in it and I would feel the Lord. And, and what would happen is I got up because it's time. And I was getting ready to take Brother Cody. You can be seated. I was getting ready to take Brother Cody to school and we were just, he'd come and pray early morning before school when God called him in the ministry. He'd meet me for prayer. I was going to take him to school. And one morning I was laying over here and uh, I got up and the further I got to that door, the more I felt drawn back to that spot of prayer. Draw, the Lord was pulling on me. I laid down and the Lord spoke to me. Two words. I said, God, what is it you're saying to me? He spoke two words to me. It was west wind. West wind. Oh, you know what I did? I thought, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I know God spoke to me. I started studying in the scripture. What does west wind mean? What is it reference? And you know what west winds were? It was winds of restoration. When judgment has come into your life, the Bible defines it as an east wind that blows it in. East winds represent the power of God, also the judgment of God when you read it through scripture. But when a west wind blows, Jesus said, does not even the clouds bring the rain when, the, when it comes from the west? Amen. Everybody said the west is going to bring rain. I didn't know how defining that was going to be to me. My, because that's what my ministry is. That's what this church represents, our winds of restoration. The people that have come into the church from out of the drought of this old world, drought, no joy in their life, no peace in their life, abuse and chaos and all the things that go with it. When they come in here and it looks like everything has been removed out of their life, guess what? There's hope because there's a west wind that comes that brings life and rain and blessing back to what used to be dried and parched and miserable. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'll never forget, and, and I started preaching. So I even preached this message about west winds. When you study Joel, when you study the book of Joel, and the book of Joel talks about that I want to restore the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar, all the fruit trees and all the things been destroyed. I'm going to send a rain, the former rain and the latter rain. I'm going to pour it up on you. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to be filled. You're going to be full. You're going to have many blessings in your life. I just believe that. It doesn't matter where you come from because we've all come from somewhere. What matters is you let God blow wind a blessing in your life and you get a do over you get a start over you get a new beginning somebody shout hallelujah amen west west wind he spoke to me revival began to come out of that I started preaching about restoration preaching about God changing people's lives and restoring what was broken and we've seen that God has used this church to plant churches and different places. And one of the church cities we went to was Cambridge and such an amazing church there. Even it now is so powerful. And uh, I remember when we went there in the Cambridge and somebody called me and said, I hear that you're going to Cambridge. I said, yes. They said, there's an old prophecy that a revival is going to come from the West. What they didn't know the next day, what I was going to preach to that church, the first message I preached there was West wind. You see, God 
Oh, I feel something for somebody right now. You thought God didn't know where you were at, but I'm telling you, he has ordered your steps. You are in the will of God to be here tonight. God has a plan for your life, and it's not destruction. It's blessing, it's joy, it's happiness, it's peace. Somebody say amen. Oh, clap your hands and praise him tonight. Watch this, and so you'll find in 1 Kings 18 that sin, sin through, um, I'm gonna talk about West Wind here for a minute, how God spoke to West Wind and began to study it. Sin through Jezebel gave false gods, false religions, and people started worshiping another god named Baal. Everybody say Baal. His name was Baal. What Baal means is the god of the rain. When you study now, which is, there's two prevailing spirits in the end time, we're in the end time, is the move of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and the Antichrist. How many know that? The Bible says this, uh, the iniquity doth already work. Anti, another word for anti is instead of. The devil will always try to give you an instead of Christ. Not just against Christ. He'll give you something instead of Christ. That's why on the weekends, you're going to have an option to do something instead of go to church. When you get up in the morning, you want to get something instead of read your Bible and pray. Go to bed instead of have devotion with God. You got 47 options of media. Or 48, 49, I don't know. I just threw a number out there. You got options now. There will always be an option instead of Christ. Jezebel was a prevailing spirit. She wasn't just a queen, she was a witch. Study it. And she was through the leading of a demonic spirit tried to lure people away from God to a false god. And it worked. It brought confusion to the families. And God said, I'm going to send a prophet and I'm going to prove to them there's no other god. And what he did was he sent a prophet by the name of Elijah. And Elijah got down there and God used him and he prayed up to heaven and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Isn't that something? Didn't rain for three and a half years. They're worshiping the God of the rain named Baal and there's no rain. Guess what God's going to do? He's going to get their attention. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God knows how to make your life dry. He'll dry up your joy. He'll dry up your peace because you're going the wrong way, doing the wrong thing, living the long life, wrong life. God knows how to remove peace out of your life. Joy, why? Because he didn't design you to worship some false god or the devil. He designed you to be in his presence. He wants a relationship with you. Somebody say amen. amen. And so it was dry, three and a half years. And the old prophet, the old prophet was out. God spoke to him. Everybody say God spoke to him. He said, I want you to go back. I want you to go to Samaria and tell them I want you to build an altar. And he goes back and finds Ahab. And Ahab, when he sees the preacher, you know what he said? You're the problem. Easy to blame the preacher. He said, it's not my fault. He said, it's you and your father's house that are, that are worshiping idols and sin. And you, you've pulled the blessing of God out of your life. He said, I want you to meet me at Mount Carmel. He said, we're going to have a, we're going to get everybody at Mount Carmel. And he did. He got the bell prophets up there. And here's the prophet of the Lord. And you got the bell prophets and they took, um, uh, they went first. They built an altar and he said, the God that answers by fire 
Let him be God. That's what he said. Let's see who is God. Let's see what's working. You know what I'll say to all of you? If the world works, go ahead. If that's the solution, go ahead. But you're gonna find that the world has a dead end. And there's no rain, there's no blessing, there's no joy. It breaks up the home, it breaks up the family, it breaks up your mind, it destroys your liver, it messes up your kidneys. And that's what he was saying. If it works, go ahead. And so the prophets got out, they built an altar. I've always wondered what they, they said. I've always wondered how Bell prophet worshiped. I don't know, but it might have said something like this. Umani pani, umani pani um. I don't know, but mine's probably better than your idea. They danced around some altar and nothing happened. Could I say to you, you can keep living a life of sin and you keep saying that nothing's getting better. Nothing's happening. Elijah over there in the corner watching all these bell prophets, 400 of them doing their thing. He said, scream a little louder. He said, you need to pray a little louder. He said, maybe your God's asleep. He's smart aleck, I think. He said, holler a little louder. Maybe your God went on a journey. He said, maybe he took a vacation. Oh, they screamed louder. They started cutting themselves. I'm gonna tell you, with this God, you don't have to self-destruct. Those bell prophets trying to get an answer started cutting themselves, destructing their lives. You don't have to hurt yourself to get God's attention. I feel like helping somebody. When you come to the Lord, it's gonna be joy unspeakable. It's gonna be full of glory. It's gonna be full of power. It's gonna be full of blessing. I tell you today, I don't regret one day living for the Lord. I don't regret one day living this life. Amen, he's been good to me. He's been good to me. Watch this. Nothing happens. They're done, they're tired. Heaven doesn't respond. Why? Because they were worshiping something that would only hurt them, not help them. And the prophet said, I need everybody to get involved. And I need 12 stones. They got 12 stones representing 12 tribes of the people of God. Just 12, 12 tribes of Israel. When they did that, they got 12 barrels of water, sacrificial from a drought. They're saying, God's gonna make a difference. We're gonna pour it out because we know he's going to. They poured 12 barrels of water. They put wood on it. They put a, a sacrifice, a, a, a bull, a, a bullock, the Bible calls it, like an oxen they put there. And the old prophet got on his knee and said, God, these people are confused. He'd already told him how long halt you between two opinions. If God is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. That's what he told him. If this works, go ahead. But if God works, serve him. Come on, I still feel that way today. If God is the answer, go ahead and serve him. Quit going back to the world and the church. And come on, the devil and God. No, if God is God, let him be God. And he got on his knees, he said, Lord, I pray that you would move in this place. You would answer by fire that these people would know and that their heart would be turned back again unto you. And when he did, a fire fell out of heaven. When the fire fell out of heaven, it licked up the wood and the sacrifice, the water, and it licked up the stones, it was so hot. When it did in one moment, a confused people, a confused nation that had halted between two opinions, Baal or Jehovah, fell on their knees and they declared, the Lord is the God. The Lord is the God. 
Come on, you can't find it in alcohol. You can't find it in drug and drugs and fentanyl. I'm gonna tell you, you can find it in the name of Jesus. That's where your joy is gonna be. That's where your completeness is gonna be. Look at your neighbor and say, he's here tonight. We have a whole group of people, a whole bunch of people that came out of dry places and said, this is what I've been looking for. It's the joy of the Lord. I, I gotta wrap this up tonight. Watch this. And so here's what happened. Here's what happened. The fire fell and they repented. They destroyed all the bell prophets in their life. And the prophets said, I hear something. I hear something. The Bible says he got on his knees. Come here. And he told a young man with him. He got on his, he got on his, he got on his knees. And the Bible says he put his head down by his knees. And he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear the sound. Everybody say, say I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I hear a blessing coming. It's, it's, it is raining tonight. Amen. I hear the sound of three and a half years, not one raindrop, not one cloud in the sky. Parched ground, hot sun, blue skies, not one cloud for three and a half years. And the prophet says, I hear something good happening. I hear like something good is on the way. Come on, the Bible says that preachers, the gospel is glad tidings of good things. That's why some of you are depressed because you've been on the news every day this week. Listen to bad stuff and read. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. Get caught up in every conspiracy, every social media thing that's out there. You don't even know the truth, but it stirs something negative in you and you're sour and drama all the time. You need to quit listening to what everybody's saying and start listening to what God is saying. Come on, you know I'm telling you the truth. You listen to the voice of the devil, he'll have you not even want to get up in the morning. He'll have you thinking everything is, is, is downhill. He'll have you not even wanting to live. That's the goal of bad news. Amen, that's the truth. But he said, I hear, somebody shout, I hear, the sound of abundance of rain. Rain makes the ground produce the bread the trees to produce the fruit, the vines to produce, amen, the, 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 the grapes, on and on. We can go what the rain will do. He said, I hear the sound of abundance. When he says that, he's up in the mountains. At this moment, is seemingly alone. What's he doing? If you can picture the preacher, he's on his knees praying, trying to get a word. Where are we at right now? I've told them the word of the Lord, but God, I need to hear your voice about what you're gonna do. And he starts hearing something. God's getting ready to do something great in this city. God's getting ready to do something great in the family. God's getting ready to do something great in this generation. He hears the sound of blessing. And he tells the young man, I need you to go up to Mount Carmel. I need you to get up, come on, come on. Get up on the top and tell me what you see. So he's down here praying. And the young man, when he goes to the top, he's looking out over the Mediterranean Sea. Which means he's looking west. And the west wind always comes from the west and blows toward the east. 
Y'all don't want me to preach tonight. You ready for Taco Bell? Amen. It comes from the West, and it's the West wind that removes judgment. It's the West wind that removes the drought. It's the West wind that brings a restoration, that makes life normal again. Woo! Somebody shout amen. The preacher's praying, but the preacher is saying, I need somebody to see what I've been hearing. And it comes back down. I'm praying, so you gotta tap me on the shoulder and get my attention. See anything? He said, not a thing. He said, get back up there. He keeps on praying. And it comes back down. He gets Did you see anything? He said, I didn't see a thing. Get back up there. Praise the name of the Lord. Nothing for six times. But on the seventh time. You see, just because it's prophesied one night doesn't mean it's going to happen the next day. But you've got to start believing what he's hearing. That's why we go to church. Because the devil said, I'm going to die my dilemma. The devil said, I'll never get better. The devil said, I can never be a good. I come to tell you, there's another voice. I hear the sound of abundance. I hear the sound of greatness. He gets up to the top of the mountain. And this time, he, seventh time, take your hand and put it. See what I got to look for? See that bright sun? My lands. Can't you see how bad it is? Look out, well, do you see anything? And he's up there and the, all of a sudden from the west. Woo! Say, like, woo! Man, he's acting like his pastor. Woo! He sees something. He comes running down. He comes running down. And he, did you see anything? And he says, I saw the cloud the size of a man's hand. Let me just put it this way. It didn't look like it was very big. But it's the first sign of hope I've had in over three years. When the preacher, when the preacher knew there was something seen in the horizon, when the preacher knew that the next generation had seen what he's been hearing from God, when he realized the young man has now seen what he's been hearing before the presence of God, he said, get up and run. Get up and run. The rain is on the way. The Bible says the prophet outrun the chariot and the horses. And here come the black clouds that began to go. Storm clouds came in. And guess what? It filled the valley full of rain. All the lakes were full. All the streams were full. Now the fields. Come on. That's why we go to church. Because it's a place you can start seeing what the preacher's been hearing. God's gonna bless my marriage. He's gonna bless my children. I wish somebody would jump to your feet and clap your hands and say, God is gonna bless me. Amen, 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 amen. Woo! Somebody shout, God's gonna bless you. Tell somebody beside you, God's gonna bless you. If You'll live according to his word. And you'll hearken unto his voice. Sometimes I hear the voice of God through my pastor. 
Sometimes I hear the voice of God through the preacher. Why? Because his ear has been toward the throne of God. And he says, I'm hearing some, some things. And you know what you've got to learn to do? You've got to start seeing what he's been hearing. Instead of your kids seeing what Hollywood's been saying. You've got to start seeing what the man of God's hearing. Instead of your kids seeing what the world is saying. Be careful to listen to what the devil's saying. You need to start seeing what the Lord is saying. He that hath an ear, let him hear. (laughs) What the Spirit is saying to the church. I'm not gonna walk in doom and gloom because of wars and world wars. I'm not gonna do it, no. I'm looking to the hills which come at my help. My help's coming from the Lord. God's gonna make a way. God's gonna provide for me. Hallelujah. I close with this. They can come to the music tonight. I tell you, I know the voice of God. I have learned the voice of God. Many times over the years, I've come to you individually and said, the Lord said. Some of you have prayed, God, let my pastor come with a word from the Lord and tell me this before I leave. And I've heard the voice of God. Just an echo of what he's doing. I hope every pastor's bending their knees and hear from heaven and telling the church what he's saying. That's the voice of the Lord. He said, if you'll live according to my word and hearken unto my voice, he said, I'm gonna overtake you in a blessing. But you just can't hear the voice and not live his commandments. I'll never forget it. Just remain standing as I close. In honor of his word tonight, we're gonna pray. Because I feel an old-fashioned revival sweeping our country. I'll never forget, I was 17 turning 18. Brother Lucas, I might have been 18 turning 19. But I do remember during that revival, during that revival, and hold on one moment, Sister Krista. During that revival, they had me a birthday party. I got up and preached on a Sunday. I think I was 17 turning 18. I got up and preached on a Sunday. I preached my heart out. I felt like I'd heard from God. And I felt like the message I preached went about that far. I don't even think it hit the front seat. I had everybody to pray. Let's come to the altar. I didn't feel any response. I felt like after church, I had to go pick up my message and put it in my pocket and feel sorry for myself because I wasn't good enough preacher at 17. I preached on Monday night. That was Sunday night. I preached on Monday night. Same thing. I felt like I'd heard from God preaching. They just People just looked at me. Gave an altar call, wasn't hardly any response. After church, I felt sorry for myself. Felt like I wasn't a good enough preacher. I'm too young. Went behind the ears. People probably feel sorry for me. You know how it is when a young preacher preaches, he pauses and somebody says, help him, Jesus. Bless him, Lord. Yeah, I've been there. Page two gets mixed up, page seven. Page 10 gets mixed up, page three. Oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? And that precious saint out there, oh, help him, God. That's how I felt. Not good enough. After church, listen, I'm preaching my heart tonight. What I felt today, the Lord wanted me to say to you. I told a man, I slid in that minivan, the pastor's seat, looked at the guy, and I was down on my luck. Not much happened. And I said, man, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but something's not happening. Oh, he said, it's not you. If you only knew what was going on in this church, you said. 
one. I didn't know. He said, well, there's some men in the church that's really good about praying. He said, we'll meet tonight at midnight. No, actually what he said is we'll meet tonight at church after we go to Pizza Hut. That's what he said. Went to Pizza Hut. Four men besides myself met me in that church. We were back and forth, different places praying. I was up in this. We prayed for an hour. Everything, everything I knew to pray, I prayed. I prayed every prayer I knew to pray, how I would pray. Man, I was exuberant. Oh, God, we need a breakthrough. Somebody needs a touch. We, we come against every opposition. Oh, God. Man, I prayed everything I was thankful for. Second hour, I was no longer exuberant. I was sort of down like, oh, God. I was, all, I was just trying to stay awake somewhere around 1 o'clock in the morning. Two hours plus we prayed. Praying for what? Because he said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked way, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. I didn't want just regular church where people come in, come in broken and leave broken, come in bound and leave bound, come in sorrowful and leave sorrowful, come in empty and leave empty. That's not what God's about. I've seen too many miracles. I was stirred somewhere. Over on this side while I was praying, it felt like it was just like a breakthrough. It was just like the atmosphere and the entire room changes. Just broke, just something broke when it did. All five of us began to shout for joy. Well, I'm talking about, thank you, Jesus. We knew something had happened. You know what I'm talking about, Brother and Sister Barsati? A breakthrough had happened. I knew the atmosphere has changed. We just got a breakthrough in the spirit. See, some of you think it's just... Um, uh, mental, some of you think it's just physical, some of you think it's just past hurts. Some things are spiritual. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they are mighty through God to the pulling down the strongholds, the Bible says. It says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. There are some things that are opposing us. How many know it's true? On the street, they say, Boy, I've, been, I've got to fight my own demons. How many's ever heard that statement? Sometimes there are spiritual oppositions in our life. We prayed till we felt like we had the victory. We prayed till we felt like we had the breakthrough. The next day, I get up, prayed, seek God. I could not get a word from the Lord all day. So I, I got one that I preached one time and it went real good, so I decided to preach that one. Didn't, didn't hear from God. But I thought, if it worked before, I'm going to try this one. Got in the pastor's office before church. And the pastor, while we were praying before the service, he prophesied to me. He said, the Lord's going to do something in your ministry tonight he's never done before. And I thought, thank you. Thank you. I believe it. I received that. He said, thus saith the Lord. I received it. Somebody say, amen. amen. I'm on this side of the church. Church has started. One of those revival services, they started with one of those fast, good old songs. I'm sitting on this side of the church, just worshiping in the first song. We hadn't had church for three minutes yet. And all of a sudden, in the room, the whole atmosphere of the room changed. Conviction came in that room. And the pastor turned to me and he said, he said, Brother Aaron, he said, do you feel that? I said, yes. He said, the Lord is here. He said, I'm going to go sing a song. We're going to sing one more song. We haven't been in church three minutes. We're going to sing one song that matches the atmosphere that we feel. He said, then I'm going to turn the service to you. He sang a song that matched conviction, the stirring of the soul. When he, turned, when he walked away, a voice spoke to me, the audible voice of God. And the Lord said, 
It was like a lot, it was like a it was like a voice spoke from right here. He said, There are people in this church that have played games with me for years, and I'm angry. He said, Because I'm angry, they're in a dangerous place. That was the voice of the Lord. He turned it to me. I walked to that pulpit as a 17 to maybe 18-year-old young preacher. And I said, Thus saith the Lord. Many of you in this church have played games with God for years and he's angry. Because he's angry, you're in a dangerous place. They came running to the altar. Every corner of that building came running, repenting, giving their life to God. I'll never forget what he said. He said, see that couple right there? I said, yeah. He said, they've been in this church for 30 years and have never repented of their sins. He said, look at them tonight repenting and getting alone. Their daughter's been concerned about them. They've been in this church, never prayed one time in 30 years and they're repenting tonight. He said, see that young man right there? Five, he said, there's five miracles in the building. Altars were full. We prayed and had a breakthrough. But they responded because they didn't just hear the word of God. They heard the voice of the Lord. It was tailored to those people. The word of God can be tailored, but sometimes we need an on-point word for us. And tonight, I have preached blessing. I have told you I hear the sound of abundance. Brother Zion helped me as a tremendous young man that I love very much. He sees what I've been hearing. And so do you. If you're in this room right now and you got sin in your life, you need to get it fixed. I feel that. You need to ask God to forgive you. I don't want to face God lost. I don't want to face God with a secret. I don't want to face God with a heart that's not toward him. You know how easy it is to fix it? Get on your knees and say, I'm a sinner. I wish I hadn't done some things that I've done. I've carried some anger and bitterness. I've carried some things that people, God, I don't want that in my life. I don't want you to be angry with me. I know I've made a mistake. I know I've made bad, bad decisions. God, I want you to, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to pray fancy. You can pray like me, and God still hears you. In this room tonight, God is calling for us to repent. In this room tonight, God said, I'm going to bless you, but there are some things you need to get right. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to pour a blessing on you. But you need to receive it. But you need to get in alignment with my commandments and my word. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you can live the way he wants you to live. Worship him all over the building. Come on, worship him all over the building. Oh. Oh. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Repent. <laughs> Turn from your sin. Come on, saint of God. Come on. Lady, come on. Man, come on. Tonight, I want to be right with God. I don't want sin in my life any longer. Hallelujah. You're not too far from God that He will not hear Come on, 
God's going to turn your desert into an oasis of blessing, but he needs you to repent. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I want everybody in the room to start praying. Oh, God, I need you. Lord, I need you. I'm asking you to help me tonight. Come on, he said he'll bless you, but you got to get this right. I want my heart to be right. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here tonight and you feel like you've been in a desert place, I want you to raise your hand. Come on, be honest with me. I preach what God has given me. I see hands going up in this building. Come on, that's it. I see several hands going up in this building. God is going to heal you tonight. If you're here, you've been struggling with some things. You said, preacher, I need to get some things right with God. I want you to raise your hand in this room. Be honest with me. I need to get something right with God. <laughs> so many hands. So many hands. If you've been listening to the negative wrong voices, I want you to raise your hand. There's been loud voices in your life that said, hey, you're not worth it. You're not bad. I want you to raise your hand all over this building. You've been feeling that. Tonight, we're going to repent. Tonight, we're going to repent. Probably close to 50% of the people have raised their hand at some point. Said, I'm not going to listen to those voices. I'm going to listen to what God's going to do in my future. But tonight I'm going to get some things right with God. If you raised your hand, if this is your first time or hundredth or thousandth time, it doesn't matter. I want you to run to this altar tonight. I want you to come to this altar and say, tonight I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to talk to the Lord. I'm just going to use my voice. I'm going to say, God, I'm sorry. Come on, that's it. All over this building, Tonight, I'm going to get some things in alignment with God. Tonight, I hear the voice of God. Tonight, God's doing something in my life. I don't want to repeat the way I've lived. I want to go back to the same house, do the same things, live in the same mistakes. I, I want to be made new tonight. I want to think new. I want to think better. And that's blessing of God. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I want everybody in the building, I think it'd be good if you sat at your seat, knelt at your seat. You can move to another seat, but I think it'd be good if everybody in the building started praying. I'm not going to play games with God. I'm not going to be like the children of Israel, confused by the wrong voices. I know that God is God. Come on, Jesus went to the cross to die for your sins so you could live again. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.